Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm John Breeden, your host for this episode of the Gin Lounge here at GameIndustry.com. Today we're going to be talking about movies and games and trying to decide if perhaps, somehow, the curse has been broken. Now, I have two people who are avid movie watchers with me in the lounge today to discuss this topic, and uh, we actually have some decent news on that front, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how things pan out. Uh, but joining me today is Kelly Adams. Kelly Adams is the host of our other show, The Gamer Geeks, which uh, ran last week. So, Kelly, uh, welcome to the show today. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, I very much enjoyed your show about space games and stuff, and uh, it was <laughs> nice to hear you holding your own against Todd, who, who hates Final Fantasy thirteen, even though he's never played it <laughs> yeah i was like you can't bash a game before you play it you go into every game with the possible of i might like it <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> give it a chance <laughs> i was just finishing up the uh review of that game i actually did the review myself and i i loved it i mean graphically oh my god this is the best looking game i've seen on the playstation 3 i don't know how well it looks on the xbox but i assume it runs in full 1080p yeah very nice yeah i just uh, yeah very good good voice acting good story you know good combat all all that stuff so um it's just it took me a real long time to write it and nate was asking me the other day uh where the review was and i'm like well i'm 35 hours into the game and i haven't even figured out what's going on plot wise yet so <laughs> just, oh my God. just need a little more time yeah. also joining us is nate our publisher uh nate uh thank you for joining us today how are you doing Fine, fine. Coming down off the mountain for another one of these. <laughs> Absolutely, we're, we're always glad. To have, we're always glad to have you here. So, from the mountain to the mines, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, movie tie-ins. The last time we did a show on movie tie-ins was uh, back in 2009. It was actually one of the first couple shows we did when we launched uh, the, the weekly podcasting, and it was a really good show. And at the time, of course, everybody talked about movie tie-ins and how they're generally bad. Now. Now, when we say movie tie-in, what we mean is basically a movie tie-in is a game that ties into the success of a movie, of a major movie. And they have a less than stellar reputation uh, because uh, basically they're kind of – a lot of times they have to come out as the movie comes out and they sort of become rushed. Uh, about the worst example of them is a game called Sea Dogs 3, which was uh, changed into a tie-in for the Pirates of the Caribbean movie halfway through development. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to bring that one up. God, that was terrible. It was so bad. It, you know, it was made by Bethesda of all people. You know, they're bringing us stuff like Oblivion and Fallout. Well, well let's let's be let's be let's be kind to to the folks at uh, Bethesda. It was a third-party thing they were publishing. No, I, I, no, that's true, and uh, I, I don't. I was going to bring that up. Believe me, I love our friends over at Bethesda. I was just going to say that it was, it was funny because Sea Dogs Three was ha- was re- really almost finished, and then suddenly this Disney deal came in, and they're like, okay, add the Black Pearl and add some skeletons and stuff, and it was, it was just, it ended up being just a horrible, horrible game. So, um, I believe the developer was Akella. And uh, they are just a horrible developer anyway. Uh, every game I've ever played of theirs has been horrible, nasty anyway. So, But 
that is a great example of the movie tie-in game. So in the last show that we did back in 2009, we talked about we we listed all kinds of ones that were horrible, and we list, we we even listed you know E.T. the extraterrestrial and how that pretty much killed the video game industry and caused caused the crash back in 1984. <laughs> goodbye Atari. <laughs> Good, yeah. Goodbye everybody. I mean, I th- I think you can still go to that landfill out in New Mexico and pick up a copy for free. You just have to dig a little bit. <laughs> Just below the surface, there are millions of copies of E.T., the extraterrestrial. But um, lately, what what got me to thinking about we should do a new show was actually you, Kelly. I've been reading some of your reviews, and there are some games out there that are direct movie tie-ins, and they have been pretty good. And uh, the the most recent one, the one that you're working on right now, is uh, How to Train Your Dragon, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. <laughs> really a lot of fun. Because it took the humor from the movie, which the movie was just, I love that I was giggling and laughing the whole time. And the humor's right there. You get to live out, you can be Hiccup or Astrid. You can get your dragons. And it's really neat because it's kind of got that a little bit of an RPG element at times with the leveling of the strength and stamina and stuff that you can do to your dragons. And... It's kind of fun. The one thing that cracks me up, though, is the little scuffle that you can get when you obtain or wrestle down a chicken or <laughs> a lamb or a wild boar. It's very Looney Tunes. <laughs> when you're dr- with a dust cloud. <laughs> your, your dragon has a big scuffle against a chicken? <laughs> so you as Hiccup uh, is the scuffle. <laughs> okay. I was like, man, it's a tiny dragon. Well, Nate, you saw you saw the dragon movie, right? You have kids. I'm, I'm positive you've seen this movie. <laughs> Yes, yes, I have. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. Hi, girl. Um, <laughs> what did you like? What did you like about the movie? <laughs> I want. I want to riff just for a second on what Kelly brought up. That it was kind of Looney Tunes esque mm-hmm. the game, and that's the important thing here. I mean, we've all seen people who try and take serious games or serious movies and turn them into serious games, and you know they all kind of suck ass. You know who wants them? And it works the other way, too, when you see a video game turn into a movie. Mm. If everybody's walking around scowling and being all badass, and everybody's like, a big deal. But when you get a project like, say, How to Train Your Dragon, in which you have people making a game, and you have people making a movie, and they're obviously enjoying it, and frankly, the concept of a game is a lot closer to an animated movie than to a live-action movie, you have a much better probability of actually producing something that's not crap. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, and I think one of the important things with what went right with How to Train Your Dragon was that I, I, it seems to me like, and I haven't talked to the, the developers on this, but it seems to me like the developers were in the loop, as it were. It was almost as if the game was developed alongside the movie, but also with the movie, if you know what I mean. There's one thing to, to, mm-hmm. to tell a group of developers, hey, you know, develop a game and it'll be like this movie, and it's another thing to actually make them part of the team and, and sort of have mm-hmm. them there. So, Which is right, and frank, frankly, the marketing folks were too. I mean, the movie came out a couple of weeks ago, and the minute it came out, every Walmart in the country had big displays saying, get your How to Train Your Dragon merchandise here, games, posters, T-shirts. <laughs> Heck, the Walmart near my house had a giant Viking Cardboard. longboat. <laughs> yep, yeah. ours does too. Oh man, I I have not seen that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, I, but I mean, I mean, this this we're not just seeing. Oh, let's put this together and have a movie and work with the games guys so it all ties together. No, this is corporate, you know, monarchy here. Hmm. 
This is our push. We're going to make this one work. And here's an idea. If you pay attention to the quality of your product, your product might not suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true, and and in fact, uh, I have an, another good example, and it's, this one involves Kelly as well. And this is like you were saying, Nate. This is another animated movie, and that's the movie Up uh, and the video game Up. And the video game Up won for best PlayStation Two game of the year. Uh, Kelly, you actually reviewed that game on a different platform. It was on the Xbox, right? Did I review that? I didn't think I reviewed that one. No, I, th- I thought it was yours. I thought I saw your byline on there. So <laughs> no, I don't think I reviewed it. I, I played it on Xbox 360. Oh, okay. Maybe you didn't review it, but you played it. <laughs> yeah. But that was another yeah. example. W- would you agree that that was a good a good game? A uh, good time. You could definitely tell that Pixar had a lot to play with that game. It, it just it reeked of them, just like How to Train Your Dragon does. It's like I could definitely see the animators and stuff having a tie-in with it. Mm-hmm. Well, what you see there is, you know, no matter what we're looking at. I mean, John, earlier you were talking about Final Fantasy, oh yeah, and how it looks as great as you know any game you've ever seen, and that's great. The fact is, you know, it's still pixels; it's not pictures, so it's a lot easier to go into it and say you want to to. Uh, you know, you want to bring into the game, you know, the the characters from Up or from How to Train Your Dragon. And what you do there is you make a call to the development studio doing it, and they say, well, let me email you the sprites. Mm. And suddenly you have the actual characters, where if you're doing a game from, oh, I don't know, say The Watchmen, mm-hmm. you've got to make your best approximation of that. So it's yeah. it's a lot harder to do it that way. Right. Now, the, it's good that you bring up The Watchmen because that is one that I know you reviewed, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, that torture session. <laughs> but but it, wasn't, it wasn't so much that the characters didn't look like their characters. It was pretty much that it was just a fluffy game based on a really serious movie, right? Yeah, pretty much. It was just, okay, so this is – you could mix and match any of The Watchmen, but, you know – it's like Batman and Robin. Okay, go beat bad guys. <laughs> Guns are not an option. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, will, I will say something. Trying to make a video game out of the Watchmen, which is as layered a thing as possible, there's just no way to do it. You're going to say, wander around as your characters and beat people up because there's just no way to do it. Yeah, well, there was a lot of controversy even on the movie saying that it wouldn't be nearly as good as the graphic novel. And the movie actually did a fairly, you know, good old college try on it. But you reduce it to a level of simplicity even further into a video game, and you might as well just say, I don't know, go play Sonic or something. True. Well, I mean, only very, very recently have we had, with the introduction of a game like Heavy Rain, the ability to actually, I mean, there haven't really been any interactive dramas, and there really hasn't, and, and Heavy Rain has some flaws. I mean, it's not a perfect game. The, the controls are sort of tank-like and so forth at, at different times, but for the most part, it was a really good game, and it was a really in-depth game, and you got a lot of feeling out of it, but I think you needed a game like Heavy Rain to show people what you can do in a video game, and I, I think that I think that Nate, you're wrong in the sense that you could do a game like The Watchmen, and you could do it right, probably. But it would take an awful lot of work, and and probably when they're when they're in a strategy meeting, they just said, "Well, what if you just wander around and beat people up? It'll be easier." Uh, you yeah. could be right. To be do one like The Watchmen, you'd almost have to do it like they did Final Fantasy 13, where it's like, "Oh, here you want to play these two characters on? Th- okay, now switch off to these two. I mean, because 
my nephew's really far into it, and he's like, when in the heck? I'm going to have to take footnotes just so I can remember what happened at the beginning of it so I can interlude. I need a storyboard in front of me. <laughs> no, I, f- I feel the same way. It's just a hard game to review, you know. Well, what what we're really bringing up here is, you know, games are not movies. They're very different media, and they do different things, and you can't without – I mean, you're playing Final Fantasy 13, right, John? Yeah, or whatever it is. Absolutely. You say you say you're 35 or 40 hours into mm-hmm. it, right? Yes. Well, if you had a if you had a 40 hour movie, you'd have people slashing their wrists at the end. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> so so they're just two very different things, and games simply don't tell stories as effectively as movies do. Yeah, right. As of as and, of right now, you're right. But I I think that it's, could change. It's a mistake. It's a mistake for a game developer to think, well, you know, I'm going to do Pride and Prejudice as a game. <laughs> because, oh, you know, it, it's not, it's, the medium isn't appropriate for for the message. Hmm. Although, how many kids would buy that game so they didn't have to read the book? It'd be like Cliff Notes, the interactive version. <laughs> yeah, except they'd be wandering around not doing the book, you know? Yeah. There'd be, there'd be a lot more. I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's my AK-47 at? Hey. <laughs> well, there there is that sense and sensibility in zombies out there. So as a book, <laughs> which I'll tell which I'll tell you was awesome. Well, uh, let me uh, let me get to two other titles. The, there's one that I want to bring up sort of for fun, which also involves Kelly. But I wanted to ask you, Kelly, about Avatar. Now, here is a game, the game Avatar, based on the movie. Now, the movie was really it was almost a cultural phenomenon i mean so many people saw it you know it it spoke to so many people uh there was an article i read on cnn where and then this could have been a case where the editor's like i need copy by you know four o'clock today and the edit and the reporter had to come up with something but (laughs) no that's never happened in the news no No, never done that but um yeah but but you can take 40 hours to get started on final fantasy (laughs) dude you can't review it after just 20 hours. It's impossible. Oh, I'll bet you, I'll bet you I could. <laughs> yes, and you'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, and would you review it like Todd? Yeah. <laughs> this hates me. Hey, 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 hates horrible. Yeah. Let's, let's see. My curiously effeminate character and his suspiciously <laughs> long sword <laughs> had an adventure. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> the article I was referring to before I was so rudely interrupted was um, – and it was kind of silly, but it was people that basically saw the Avatar game, and they loved the Avatar world so much that supposedly they suffered from depression in the real world because the real world wasn't as good as the Avatar world. So, and Yeah, and, and that's why they call them Avatars. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> did they – you know, did they get – pacifiers to pass out to him and did Pampers sponsor him? (laughs) Just allow me to quote Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell here, okay? Just think of this as evolution in action. (laughs) Because, I'm sorry, you know as well as I do, John, we've both been in newspapers. This is the sort of crap you throw in there because it's going to get people all worked up and people are going to talk about it and see and it'll pick up your little bullshit story and uh thanks for making yeah. sense of that okay well, sorry <laughs> this stuff really gets me worked up. Uh, okay i didn't even get to make yeah. my point that wasn't my point <laughs> i hate everyone my, yeah. thank you nate and, and i haven't even seen the movie <laughs> my point 
having seen the movie, was that, yes, it was a good movie, but plot-wise, it was fairly simplistic, really. It was... It seems like it's been told before. Yeah, I, I mean, it was called Star Wars. It was called mm-hmm. a, a bunch of different things over the years. Oh, come on, speaking of that, I mean, uh, what's his name? Cameron's last monster hit was Titanic. It's not like we didn't know the plot. Yeah, yeah that's true. But my point was that I would think a game like that, that was visually stunning but had a fairly simplistic plot, really, would be perfect for a video game tie-in. But, but Kelly, you were, tell, you were saying, and I have not played the video game, what, what is a video game like and why do you think it falls short of the greatness that is Avatar, or allegedly I greatness? I don't understand <laughs> how they missed the mark, because James Cameron works so closely with Ubisoft. There's stuff that they developed and created in the game that ended up going into the movie. Really? He even admits this. There's there's stuff in that movie that's there because of the software designers and stuff at Ubisoft. So it's like, wow, that you missed the marker. They needed a just simple. How do you run a game for combat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they needed to take some lessons from the other first person shooter type or third person shooter type hits like uh, Gears of War. Mm. Well, I mean, th- those things aren't necessarily bad. Tying in the well. gameplay stuff is when what got you just like pulling your hair out. Just, <laughs> I mean, what what was I um what was I thinking? Both uh, for Xbox a couple of years ago when the Lord of the Rings thing was all over the place, mm. uh, somebody released a jumping timing game called The Hobbit, and and there was another one for Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife and I played those. But what really struck me was the the Game developers used the sets from the movie. I mean, you could recognize the shots from the movie. Oh, yeah. The, the, and you could explore more than you, you saw in the movie. So they clearly were tied in with the production company. And that was cool, but in the end, it's the game that carries it. Yeah, and The Hobbit, I played The Hobbit, too, because I got it. Because I had played all the, the video games that were based on the movie. Of because the, there's a difference between basing a game on the story uh, book and the basing a game on the movie. And there was a series of games that were based just on the movie, and they were all mm-hmm. you know high production side scrollers basically. And then there was The Hobbit, which was supposedly based on the books, which was in which was mm-hmm. interesting. But The Hobbit, unfortunately, was was not a very good game. I mean, it was kind of boring in the end. I mean, it was a it was a timey jumpy game. My kids loved it. I'll give it that. Oh, I, I, yeah, I got into like the little forest, and I was just like, eh, I'm tired. <laughs> the, com- yeah, the, com- well. the combat really wasn't there for me. <laughs> There's well, certain g- games that 10 and under are going to really dig and get into that us adults, I guess we're complex minds or something, just are going to be rather bored. Mm. We're going to develop our kids' ADD, yeah. <laughs> basically. It's like, okay, let's all just disperse the Adderall. Let's <laughs> That's true. Now, the the one thing I also wanted to mention, Kelly, and this was just kind of for fun, because you, you just reviewed uh, Dante's Inferno, and that was posted on uh, 4.7 uh, for anyone that wants to go check that out. And, and that got a pretty decent review. Now, there's a game that was based on a poem. <laughs> did it did, – did it, I mean, are you familiar at all with the original poem? <laughs> I'm still rereading it, and I kind of slacked off on it. But I know it's, like, loosely based. I don't think Beatrice, I don't think it exists or something, or it's not like that whole romantic – they included the romantic love tie-in. Hmm. I just thought it's, it was a voyage the, the, through hell. And I was the, like, okay. The, po- the poem is pretty relentlessly miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, isn't the final? Well, was the was Cassius in there at all, Kelly? Was he the final boss or anything? Because because in the in Dante's Inferno, he's one of the people. He's one of the three people that live on the final level of hell, I believe. Betrayers. I think you do fight Cassius. I'm trying to remember which level of hell he's. Seems like there was a couple of major bosses, like Lust, is Cleopatra, and uh, her little boy toy. Yeah, I saw the screenshot. Uh, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your final boss is a very well-endowed Lucifer. Oh, yes. Does he hit you with his club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He's a very difficult boss. To, there's a whole system to beating him. Oh, wow. And I had to send this to Todd before he broke another controller. <laughs> yeah, I know he doesn't handle uh, body parts very well in games. So. No, I was like, why are you focused on that? <laughs> Everything with that game. Why is it that? <laughs> That's funny. I just thought it was neat to mention a game that was based on a, a great literary work of art. So, um, so now here's the thing. I think that I think that games are games can be made based on movies, and I think that uh, we're going to see a lot more. And here's my prediction because I always kind of throw out a weird prediction. The you know the eighteen movies being recreated. Um, oh my God! I yeah. know you're. And, bring it <laughs> and it looks pretty darn good from the from the from the previews that I saw. Folks, folks, don't listen. He's addicted. <laughs> next, next thing, he's gonna want a Sanford and Son game. That oh come on! They cast the perfect stinking person for Mister. Oh, P. they did. They did. Oh, oh, because he's like that. Just if you watch Tough, the Ultimate Fighter on Spike, when he's been a coach and stuff, you realize like <laughs> he is just like that. It's okay, folks. It's okay. What I'm pointing out is it was a crappy early 80s show. It was a very – here's my point. It was a very popular, very popular – it debuted after the Super Bowl, for God's sake. It was yeah. a very popular uh, 80s show, correct? I know. I, I have all of them on DVD if you want to come over and so, watch them. So was – so was Menudo. My point was that I believe they missed out on because that was kind of the time when video games weren't super popular. And I think if the, if the A Team series was on today, there would be a video game for it. And I think that this is its chance. There's a movie coming out. I would be very very surprised if there wasn't finally an A Team video game. Well, I do I do love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, how cool would it be to be, you know, BA and just beating people up in bars and then you could be like Hannibal and, you know, building a tank out of like a lawnmower and some, some traffic cones and stuff, you know? Yeah, get a nice little like Ruthie before you get on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> your your yeah. character was slipped a pill. Here, you're going to see this black screen for the next, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> that would be so funny. See, okay, that one I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so um, so Kelly, let me ask you. So is the uh, is the final final question? So you, we've had a few successes. To, so is the is the video game from a movie uh, tie-in game? Is it's is it is the curse broken or, or or does he still have a little bit more data we need to collect before we can declare that? I think it depends on how much the game production people and the developers and stuff pay attention. And really do work on, we want to do a really good game on that concept, but we're going to really focus on gameplay, mm. on really good, solid gameplay. Because so, I've had a couple of them. I mean, I liked Wanted Weapons of Fate. Oh, right. I remember that one, right? 
Yeah, it seems like, well, gameplay is certainly something that people that make the movies don't have to worry about. So it would seem to be the thing that the game developers should probably concentrate on. So that makes sense. Nate, what, Nate, what about you? What do you think? Well, I think Kelly's hit on something. If they're going to pay attention to the damn game, you know, maybe they could make something. But too often it's just like, well, let's get our game tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there'll be good things, but I, I think, I think my, my central point that movies and games are entirely different media, and it's not going to be often they translate over well, mm. that uh, you're going to keep seeing a lot of hits and misses. Yeah. And, you know, they, I don't think there's anything you can do about that. Yeah, it's almost unfair because uh, the, the video games almost always comes after the movie, and because they're different mediums and we're sort of comparing them, you often end up with, you know, a decent movie and not a good video game. It doesn't mean that video games are any less entertaining than movies. It just means that you're trying to make a, an entertainment property based on a different type of entertainment property, and most of the times that's hard to do. Yeah, well, I mean, hell, I know I know Star Wars fanboys who consider uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the first one, mm-hmm. to be a better sequel or prequel than anything that came out in the last, you know, 15 years. Oh, I'd have to agree. That was, that was good. Oh, my nephew's one of them. He's a big KOTOR fan. <laughs> Because that, that simply was a movie. Yeah, it was great. It was fun to play, a lot of plot twists, good characterization, and, as Kelly pointed out, good gameplay. <laughs> it was. Yeah, all right, there you go. So, yeah, and it was better than any of the three modern movies that came out for the Star Wars series, for sure. So. No doubt. <laughs> Thank you. So, so for our for our listeners, uh, if if you'd like to uh, suggest a uh, game that came from a movie or a movie that came from a game, or if you'd like to support me in my let's make an A-Team video game movie, just <laughs> send us an email at gameindustry.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, Kelly and Nate, thanks for joining me today. Anytime, anytime. So I, <laughs> I will get back to my Final Fantasy 13 marathon. Eventually, I'll be able to review this thing. <laughs> yeah, when Final Fantasy 15 comes out. No, it's not that far off. <laughs> or 14. Yeah. Yeah, 14 will be out uh, this year. So I'll Wonderful. have to finish it by then. All right. Well, I'll see you all next time. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe playing games and maybe at the movies. Who knows? <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. Take care.